0: This episode of Ben the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel. Lady Adrian of House
1: Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismolin of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current Master of Coin
0: is Lord Jason of House Ross, Squire to Sir Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson.
1: Hello and welcome to Ben the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And
0: I am Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Tyrion 14 of a Clash of Kings. And in our Raven, we will be discussing Jon Snow.
1: Something. We'll be discussing something. We haven't we haven't figured out our Raven yet. You know, this it's a short chapter insert character name we'll discuss it okay well i'm i'm actively searching right now because (laughs) we are we are broadcasting here guys so i'm trying to find a message we got a message and somebody from india i mean this is crazy as we're talking Mm -hmm. global you know international it's international okay Mm -hmm. we're global and let me globally i'm i'm gonna try and find your name my apologies but I don't have it pulled up sooner. But he asked, or she—I uh, don't know—the the couldn't tell. Um, anywho, uh, mm-hmm. asked, "Hey, when's your guys' next episode? When's the next video?" Well, I said, "Hey, we're recording Wednesday." Well, let me tell you something. Yeah. As and I recorded on Sunday, and as said, and we said, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll record bend the knee Wednesday." Well. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday night for me rolls around. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and Ez is like, hey, are you ready to go? And I was like, I thought we were doing Wednesday. Well, based upon the time difference, it was Wednesday for you, Ez. I mean, Wednesday what, you, what, what is going on, man? <laughs> oh,
0: this is crazy. So um, if you get a chance, this might be a fun uh, video version for you to go watch. I am holding my Hanes sock with cat hair. <laughs> And it is hiding, and I'll show people this. If you if you would go check out the video, all right, pull this down here. This is gonna look pretty awkward. There's yeah. the Pat- remember if
1: you're if you're a if you're a member of Patreon, you can you get video versions of all of all the podcasts. Yeah,
0: so <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm in the kitchen, and I'm actually I'm traveling. So this is international. We are we are uh, taking the podcast international. I was traveling there in Costa Rica for a bit. Um, really no way to kind of continue the podcast there with with internet and all that kind of stuff but in germany we can do that so i'm over in germany i'm actually podcasting from the kitchen which is a great thing because i've been just turning around and like hitting the fridge like we're getting set up and i can just turn around and that's the fridge right there i've got nuts chocolate i've got some you know a little something to drink i might get some fruit in a second yeah you, you know you just never know i mean so yeah it's pretty pretty radical, actually. It's it's a European thing to podcast from the kitchen. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but yeah. it's like,
1: yeah, is it? Yeah. How is Germany, man? What's it like over there? Uh, it's cool.
0: I was in um, Potsdam and I've been in you know Ber- Berlin, just kind of walking around, seeing all the different sites. Let's just say the buildings are when you walk up to the old. you see pictures, they're old, yeah. And when you walk up to them and you think, oh, they're old and they they look cool. And then you look up, and you look straight. You're, like, right standing next to them. They're huge. They're not just, like... The buildings are bigger than I thought they would be, I guess. I was right. just at the sta- I was like the fountain of Neptune or whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some pictures, dude. Well, first of all, he's jacked. He's ripped out of his freaking mind, This 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 Neptune right. guy. And he's surrounded by a bunch of fish and turtles spitting water out of their mouths at him and a bunch of naked mermaids. So, okay. I mean, it was... I, I'm guessing that's something that like house Manderley would be into. So,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well guys, Hey, I found the Raven as the, uh, this is from Zaire. Uh, and I clicked on his Facebook link says he's from India. Yeah. Uh, he says, guys, I'm waiting for your next video and also podcast. Please do a video about Mance. So I guess that's where I guess we're, we're going to talk there we about go. Mance raider. We're, we're talking, talking a little bit about Mance, we'll talk about Mance Raider in, in, in the Raven. I said, can do, we are recording Wednesday. So a new episode will be out, you know, Thursday or Friday, Thursday. but I guess I should be careful because. Right. It's Thursday you know, for me right now. <laughs> it's, thir- it's, it's Thursday for you. What time is it in India? That's even further over. It might <laughs> right, be Friday. Yeah. It might exactly. be Saturday for all we know.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We have, we're, we've lost track of time. Uh, My friend, because, you know,
1: there are time there's time bandits as one other question. You know, this is something to think about. Mm -hmm. If somebody if two people are born in the world Mm -hmm. and you get toss out the idea of time zones, right? Mm -hmm. Just get get time zones out of your mind. If two people are born. So if somebody is born in Germany where you're at, Mm -hmm. like, you know. And somebody's born where I'm at in Portland, Oregon, at the exact same moment. They would have different birthdays. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just not right. We need to fix
0: that. <laughs> we need to fix it. This is this is absolutely it's that's just wrong. Because one person, like the person who's born in, let's see, I guess it would be Germany, would be older than the person who was born in Portland, Oregon. That's not right. That's and I think right. that's discrimination. Something's wrong. That's age. Dis- I, some,
1: that's time discrimination. That's time discrimination.
0: That is that is absolute baloney. So, because somebody
1: get, you know, somebody get Loki in here. All right, we got some variants going on. All right, yeah, yeah. get Loki. Get <laughs> somebody. Somebody needs to come fix this. Oh my god, that's hilarious. That's wild. That's what we're dealing with here, folks. Hey, so. as well, space and
0: time. Right, here we go. So, attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? (laughs) (laughs) I am not making this up. This is from Manscaped. So, our friends at Manscaped um, have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbit's in your pants. What will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming? Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off. Plus free shipping with the code Fansided20. That is the most awesome, most ridiculous script I have ever read, and I love right. that.
1: Well, hold on, I'm right. Here. I'm I'm seeing this right here, man. It says first scheduled for liftoff the new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. Now, as the real question <laughs> is, is does Jeff Bezos use this? I mean, that dude just went to space. Uh, I mean, I well, mean, his head is his head's pretty scaped.
0: It, sh- it sure is, and <laughs> it should be. It should be. He needs to scape that head. Here's the thing. I wonder if he did. Is, has this been? I would say this has been tested in space. This is what they're saying. It might you know. Be. So I appreciate that the the weed whacker has been tested. The lawnmower has been tested. Who lawn mows? Yeah. Who does lawn mowing in space? I would. You, <laughs> friends hey. of this podcast,
1: no, I loved I loved a lawn mow. So I mean. Uh, I've said it. hey man I have said it once and I have said it again. They are the shears that guard the realms of men. Okay. Well anyway guys, remember, make sure to get 20% off free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. It's 20% off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls will. Thank you. Wow, what a great movie, Spaceballs. Yeah, I haven't seen that. In I mean, a this time, isn't but, yeah. this isn't our hyperspace hangout podcast. But as we're already on the topic, uh, guys, we have started to push out some of our content to the new Apple Premium Podcast uh, platform that we told you guys would be coming. And um the cool thing there is, you get bend the knee content, you get heroes of the horn content, and hyperspace hangout content, and the Matt and Show season two coming soon of that show um but anyway you get our premium content that is also found on patreon across the board you can do that as i believe it's like it's like 4.99 a month or something like that it's like yeah for all of it Mm pretty for all of it you get the whole thing now you you yeah now you still need you still got to come to patreon if you want like the cool uh you know bannerman hangouts and all that stuff uh and then maybe one day apple maybe one day apple will change it and you can have multiple tiers but right now you will start getting all that extra content you also get on patreon so if that's easier for a lot of people to just do an apple podcast and you want the whole thing there you go so uh all right as well hey man with all of that uh is there any i don't think there's any show news you know comic con happened and we and we got we did not get game of thrones content
0: yeah so uh, yeah we did not um, what did did I not see I that George R. R. Martin is working on something else?
1: well, as he's working on a lot of stuff okay I mean
0: <laughs> I mean it's just one of those things it's like I feel like I could say that like nine out of ten weeks and it would be uh, true that he's working on another project and not uh, winds of winter is he still out in that cabin where is he where you know I mean here we go. Okay, his most recent, pl- so not a blog, right? July 26, mm-hmm. new wildcards, uh, original on tour.com. Yeah, this is nothing, I guess. He's just sitting here talking about, um, yeah, some stuff that he's promoting from tour.com. Oh my, okay.
1: Yeah, nothing. Yeah, he hasn't, He He. hasn't. He, well, he went and spoke at Northwestern University. He's got pictures of him out by this boat. Uh, not a lot, man. He said that he's even behind on posting on not a blog. And hopefully, he's not oh, a blogging because he's a writing. Okay. He needs to be writing when he needs to be writing wins of winner. But the wild cards thing, he's like always working on. So that does not, that does not bother me or sort of disturb me uh, to say the least. Um, House of the Dragon, I'm, I'm expecting, right? There was a short little delay. We saw that it was like a one or two day COVID delay. Um, but other than that, everything seems to be going on. So probably Aprilish. Okay. Good. Next year, still, still looking good is where I I feel like we're at.
0: Oh, there was um, it was just a rant. I think somebody posted it in on our in our Facebook group. There was some article or something about um, just some of the just some of the actors um, coming mm-hmm. out and talking a little bit about just what it was like or whatever. Or there, there maybe some of their I don't know if it was time on set or what it was, but it was something to do with, with the actors. So it's cool that we're getting little bits and pieces of, of stuff um, from them just about, you know, the show. The show's going on and it seems like it's going to be um, pretty cool. Oh, no, it was about the, um, it was Allison Hightower. Um, A little Yeah. And she was talking about just what, what her, her character type will be. I don't know if it was her or it was yeah. someone else that was talking. No, about.
1: it is. Yeah, she was, uh, looks like she was speaking to Collider. Um, and she says, you know, she's a very complex, she's very complex. And I think people are going to want to see the worst in her. What's amazing about game of Thrones. Like we saw in the past series is that one season you hate a character and the next, you absolutely love them. And we'll go to the ends of the earth for them. Uh, she described the making of this show as utterly bizarre. We're in the world of game of Thrones, but you can also put yourself in a different headspace and well, and know that for an actor, you don't have to necessarily follow, um, on from what anyone else is doing so sort of like emulating you know like she's not tr- she's not going to try and be Leon hetty cersei right she's mm-hmm. going to sort of be her own character but at the same time after the year and a half of fucking 10 years that we've had looking down and just being like what am i wearing what am i doing this is mad um hmm. okay so interest that could not have been her it eh, was well, that's, that's a weird well, that's weird well, she maybe- hasn't been there for two that was she hasn't been there for ten years. The way they phrase that, you know, Collider. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I'll go ahead and say it. I don't like Collider. Holy. Yeah. Go ahead and
0: say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's why we're on, you know, dork side of the forest. You know, that's We'd true. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, anywho, um, man, I mean, that's the case. It makes it. It, it makes me uh, think that uh, are they done with filming? Or they must have a lot of it done. Because she's speaking about it in past tense, as if like I think you'll like, you know, makes yeah. it feel like they got a lot of this done. I yeah, like, a lot of it was probably done. A lot of it was probably done on a on a green screen. I think most of King's Landing was a green screen. Okay.
0: Yeah, that is cool to think that they're further along and they've got a lot of a lot of stuff done. Or she's you know, um, she's into it enough that she can speak with that type of confidence. So that's that's cool
1: to to know that. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well, as this is going to be a short chapter here uh, today, it's kind of cool what happens. um, But uh, kind of a kind of a kind of a short. Are you drinking beer?
0: No, no, no. Well, it is ginger ale. So, I mean, I guess (laughs) maybe here in Germany it is alcoholic because I feel like everything in Germany is alcoholic. That's what they do. They drink beer and pump. That's all they do over here, man. They pump weights and
1: they drink beer. And they drink beer. Yeah. Now, do when you drink. Now, when you drink beer. Now, see, it's you don't drink German beer in Germany. You just drink beer, right? Right. It's like they, if you go to if you go to if you go to France and you ask for toast, is it do they just serve French what we would consider French <laughs> toast every like every meal? <laughs> All they're serving in France
0: is French toast. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Yeah. Every like.
0: Well, that's what I was wondering. Like if I have a Bud Light here, is it a German Bud Light? Is it just all German beer? Cause it's in the country? No, I'm just kidding. Or is it
1: American? I don't it, know.
0: Well, yeah, it's an import, I guess. But um, right. no, it, it, I've, yeah, I've had some German beer here and it is potent. Potent. Yeah. I'm it's like in Texas
1: is Texas toast. You know, it's just, it's just toast. They just call it, it's just the same thing. It's just Texas right. toast. So, I mean, you can get a totally different kind of toast just depending on what part of the world you're in. Right. Yeah, that's that is actually correct. It's like I think it's like I think about a quesadilla. Isn't that just like Mexican grilled cheese? I mean, it's just you know, <laughs> French toast, dude. That's literally. I'm well, now not... we got to go to now we got to go to France and find out. You're right there. I'm right there. I'll I mean, swing just, over. I'll swing over. A, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's crazy. <laughs> oh man, the things we're learning on this podcast. Well, real quick, I I know sorry guys we are we're just sort of, you know, rattling rat, uh, rattling on here before we get into the chapter, but I mean, what are the, the the Olympics, you're in another country right now mm-hmm. and the Olympics are going on. Here's something. <clears throat> okay, this is really cool, right? So every time we turn on the
0: TV here, it's all from, you know how in the states, like it's the U, every time you team USA, team USA, right. team is team Germany baby. Every single time I'm How are watching, they even doing? Uh, they're doing okay. They're doing. I think they're doing okay. Um,
1: How many medals? How many medals do they have? I haven't been keeping track of the medal count. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just well, because I'm over in the United States. Let me tell you, we're crushing it. Are we crushing it? Okay, okay. we're we're crushing it. Yeah.
0: I feel like I don't know how the how the United States team is doing as well because I don't. When you flip on the TV, it's all from the German perspective, and it's all about following. Their heroes, they're they're athletes. And I'm like, wow, this is really they're active really cool.
1: active metal tracker right now. Yeah, we're number one uh with thirty-six. Number two is China. Oh. Number three is the ROC, which is really Russia, but it's like some whole big deal where they're mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Germany, I mean, they're not too far down. They got eleven total medals. Um okay. they got three gold, three silver, and five bronze. They got gold's in the can the women's canoe oh um matt 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 matt, matt. let me
0: tell you why because <laughs> i'm in berlin and uh there's a river called spree but they would say Spree. okay yeah and it is this i probably said that i probably botched that sentence, but whatever and all they're doing is kayaking and canoeing down this river man they're just they live on this
1: river they also have gold. It looks like they have a gold in the equestrian open team okay. and equestrian open in or individual. Then they got silvers in judo, um, equestrian. They got a, a rowing and then bronze in archery. Wow. Okay, but gold in canoeing, right? They get the gold. They got the gold in canoe slalom women's K one. Wow.
0: Okay yeah I'm telling you I think I know why I see him out there all I, every day it's a common interesting
1: thing. interesting i think I don't think we're gonna take the golden basket men's basketball this year <sighs> garbage we're what gonna, are we i mean what is what are we doing we need a space jam that's what we need we do need a space jam. Well, well, LeBron's the not there, out there so. anywho enough enough about the olympics I mean you know there could be some game of Thrones type events in the olympics i mean could, oh yeah we got fencing. I mean, that's kind of, that's, we got sword fighting. All th- could you imagine if there was a full
0: on Olympic sort of like tourney situation where in which you were jousting yeah. someone else? Like, Well, jousting? I, speak, speak,
1: speaking of when f- fencing, it does look like the United States women individual foil has the gold in fencing, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so we're crushing it. Anywho, who. All right. On to somebody who might not would probably would never win an Olympic gold medal. That is Tyrion. OK. Mm hmm. So, uh Tyrion, uh, this chapter, Tyrion 14, Tyrion with Sir Balan Swan and Sir manan Moore at his side is cutting through stannis's forces. He is confused to see such a large force of men to the west, seemingly fighting Stannis's men, and can't figure out where they come from. But he has a little time to consider it as he sees hundreds of stannis's troops crossing the Blackwater by using the half sunk ships as a bridge. Racing onto the boats, Tyrion's men are overwhelmed and he goes over the edge uh, of a gunwale, clinging for his life. Sir Mandan Moore appears to tell Tyrion to take his hand, his left hand. As Tyrion reaches for his hand, he instinctively withdraws as Sir Mandan's sword slices into his face. Tyrion, grievously wounded, watches as Podrick Payne saves his life by shoving Sir Mandan into the river. Wow.
0: Yeah, this uh, actually so I kind of jumped the gun if you if you look back a week ago, um, I think it was last week, we were talking about two weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of I kind of brought up Sir Mandon Moore in this whole situation just um, a bit early. But and we'll talk about it more because I just had a a random thought here. There was another Kingsguard out there, Sir Balan Swan. What -hmm. was he doing, Sir Matt? what i mean did, did, you know did he did he witness any of this did what did he know about it was he in on it it's all
1: a little a little right. tricky right but a lot of these chapters we're at this point right now in a clash of kings where you're towards the end the the battle of the blackwater happens in like 10 chapters but it's they're short and you're bouncing back and forth like we go from like you go know, from Davos gets like his only one chapter, then it's like Tyrion Sansa, Tyrion Sansa. It just goes back and forth for a bit. Next week will be Sansa again. Um and so right now we're in Tyrion. So remember last time we were there, he gave his great speech. Hey guys, the Hound was like, I'm out, right? And the how and we'll see the Hound next week with Sansa. Um, but this time Tyrion's gonna go lead the charge. All yep. Right? hmm They're coming into King's Landing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they are.
1: I mean This is so- our city this is our
0: city wow we built this city yeah we built this city okay (laughs) oh my god we built this city on targaryen but
1: wow bodies wow wow um well not really so much they built it on uh, they didn't build it on rock and roll but they they built it on rocks
0: yeah yeah, I was thinking from the land. From the we Atlanta built this city then. on
1: Blackwater Bay. There they, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They built it like right on the literally. Did too. they did? Okay, All right. um, somebody, somebody do a cover of that. We need it.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, he does. He does want to lead this, and you get out there, and it's as you said, it's it's short, but it it the feeling I got from the chapter is it's chaos, man. You go into these mm-hmm. things like we watch movies like the Braveheart and we watch some of these epic battle scenes or, you know, my favorite, which is, you know, the when, when Gondor called for aid, right? And King and rode in there, you know, that wasn't as pretty as it was on the screen or as it was written in the book. It was crazy, absolutely crazy when you charge into all that kind of stuff. So Tyrion and then him being, you know, uh, just not really battle. I don't know just, that I have a whole lot of experience. I, okay, he did lead, you know.
1: He led, like a, <laughs> he, he, he led the the Moon clans in that battle.
0: He did. He did. Yeah. Right. Yes, he did. Yeah. He, that, that's his. That's his only. I think his only. Um, he thinking.
1: won. He helped. He oh, helped fight off. Yeah, he helped fight off some people when he was attacked with. Actually, that might be a show only thing. What with um? They, I don't think they. With Kalin. Do they get attacked in the books? That one i gotta look that up yeah you look See, it up the, for us. The, the, i don't think that happens in the uh in the books but it might regardless either show Tyrion what yeah either way
0: you know what he didn't do i mean he did not fight um in his own trial by combat but that's okay that was that would not have been a he did not a smart call there that's why we have braun and braun is sick um so yeah anyways he, he's leading he's going out and he's he's leading this and I just I, th- I felt like there's just a chaos of of battle. And the whole man in more turn situation where he turns and takes on um he tries to kill Tyrion. That all just happens pretty quick, you know? It's so fast. You turn around next thing you know, bam, here's this guy coming at you and Podrick Payne just I mean out of nowhere. I feel like right. he has you know the yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the, the line, though, about that, too. Um, the summary actually makes it seem like it's the summary makes it seem like you actually see this. Um, but really, it's be still, my lord. You're hurt bad. A boy's voice that makes no sense. Tyrion thought it sounded almost like Pod. Yeah. But at that moment, he actually thinks it's Jamie oh okay yeah yeah there was someone kneeling over him jamie he croaked almost choking on the blood that filled his mouth who else would save him if not his brother be still my lord he thought it was he it almost sounded like now we do find out it is podrick but it's not like we get to see this you know sort of epic moment uh, yeah because it's all happening it's all sort of happening right and you know and Tyrion's like injured and stuff like that yeah a lot of this is just sort of battle fever we don't really it's there's not really a lot unfortunately sort of to take out of this chapter other than George's amazing writing at describing things. I guess that's something, you know, we we don't really often talk about. So I think this is probably a good chapter to sort of, sort of, sort of put this, I mean, this whole battle of the Blackwater, by the way, the way that George describes it is like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing because, you know, sometimes we, uh, he's, he's criticized like this, you know, super nerds, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, the you know even beyond Ezra and myself are like well George is always describing food like he always takes a yeah. second to describe the food it's like I, that's not something I noticed until people pointed out but um so so some of the, some of this here right wedge Tyrion commanded as his men steam uh, uh, streamed out of the sally port they formed up in spearhead with him at the point Sir Mandomore took the place to this right flames shimmering against the white enamel of his armor his dead eyes shining passionately throughout uh through his helm he rode a coal black horse barded in all white with the pure white shield of the king's guard strapped to his arm on the left Tyrion was surprised to see potter Payne, a sword in his hand you're too young he said at once go back i'm your squire my lord which is awesome because mm-hmm. it comes back at the end let's yeah. go Bob. yeah um Tyrion could spare no time for argument with me then stay close he kicked his horse into motion they rode knee to knee following the line of the looming walls joffrey's standard streamed crimson and gold from sir mandan's staff stag and lying dancing hoof to paw they went from a walk to a trot wheeling uh, wide around the base of the tower. Arrows darted from the city walls while stones spun and tumbled overhead, crashing down blindly onto earth and water, steel and flesh. Ahead loomed the King's Gate and a surging mob of soldiers wrestling with a huge ram, a shaft of black oak with an iron head. Archers off the ships surrounded them, loosening their shafts at whatever defenders showed themselves on the gatehouse walls. Lances, Tyrion commanded, He's sped to a canter and then he goes on and it's just, it's the yeah. way this, this is, I, we don't, we don't really spend a lot of time talking sort of about George's writing style, like, because we're always so deep into like, well, this one line and you know, what's it have to do with this bigger theory. But I mean, the way he's describing this here, I mm-hmm. mean, it deserves, it deserves some admiration and praise because it's amazing. I mean, so often in big battles, the authors aren't, they they don't get like sort of that intricate. I mean stuff and it, it just sort of flows to me so well. I mean a shaft of black oak with an iron head is in here, but it's you know it's like okay, do I did I need that? No, but it's so quick and it just adds that tiny little bit more mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. description where I don't feel it's overwhelming. I mean you and I as read another author, uh another yeah. fantasy author, Robert Jordan, where his criticism is that he over describes <laughs> things, right. right? Where I think that George here, in um, describing that that quick little scene of there's chaos going on, Tyrion's riding, he's looking around. This is what he's seeing, and we get all of these tiny little details in there that I, I think just works so well and it flows so well. Yeah. What's interesting
0: is a lot of time in conversations, if it's just Daenerys walking through a city or uh, one of our main characters walking by something, he might describe a, a werewood tree or a temple or whatever, and it's added detail that actually really does matter. And I'm not saying the details in this chapter don't matter. What they do in this chapter, though, is different than like queuing in, like a foreshadowing piece or something. In this chapter, it's really just to create a, a feeling, like a mood in the reader where you are, I mean, everything that, like there's words like sudden. Like he uses the word sudden several times, right? Where it's things are happening happening suddenly and it's to create urgency and um, battle and chaos and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's really cool that that he does do that. And you're right. It is short and consistent. It doesn't even feel out of place. It doesn't feel odd. It's not like when you go to the chapters where you're having long-winded conversations sitting down and they're all happening inside of one little room. Like, you know, like um, at the small council, sometimes things are described and it could be describing someone's you know a maestro's chain or or, or whatever he still throws those little tiny details in there and it doesn't feel overwhelming like some other authors who will spend you know uh numerous amounts of words just to describe something and you think okay i did we need all and is there a purpose to it see with george there's always a purpose to what he's putting in his stories and not just to paint the picture sometimes they're just writing to paint a better picture and give you a good view of the room. But George is doing it for really good reasons. Okay. So one of my thoughts in this was like, I never really, when you, when you stop and you, and you read just the nitty gritty of this, like these knights are yielding left and right, right? People are out here just yielding. And I guess I wouldn't have thought of that. I normally when I think of, of battle, I think, I mean, yes, there are people who surrender, and they're beaten or whatever, but they kind of look around and saw the chaos. It almost makes me think sort of what he's saying about knights here and what he says later on is they rush into this battle, and really it was just for honor, honor's sake, and to then just to say, I was there. I fought in this. Yield. They're yielding instantly, some of them. You know, a little bit of battle, bloodlust, and then that's it. And it's just cool to me, and it's an extra layer that right. originally you read it and it's not a huge deal
1: but it's yeah you, you know the oddly enough this is crazy and again you need we I think I think the way to sort of contextualize this chapter and this batch of chapters is sort of together um because again we start off and we we don't see this is this is why again I think Winds Winter of winters taking so long because how do you tell some of these events that may go down the line of the show? Who do you pick to tell them? Because it's so important. We start with Davos, right? We start, we start with Davos and it seems like we've lost. Yeah. But we're now three chapters past that. And we go from Tyrion to Sansa back to Tyrion. And the only thing it feels like is no, we've lost. And then we go to Sansa, we go to Sansa the next chapter and again, it's it, you, we'll see it through the eyes of her in the, in the next chapter where they think they've lost, but you suddenly start to hear, well, it sounds like there's, there's other banners. And so it's kind of weird. And it's like, oh, OK. And so he, you know, again, the show and also having read past this to sort of know a little bit more about Stannis um, and sort of, you know, to get more like POVs with Melisandre and Davos and stuff like that later after he loses this battle. Um, but if you were reading this for the first time, you know, we don't really see Stannis in, in the first book. You sort of hear about him. We start the first chapter is with Stannis in this. And up to this point, all we've really seen Stannis do outside of Davos saying he's a good man is do a ceremony on the beach in which he, they kill a maester. Right. His mm-hmm. his new sort of fire, witch, you know, uh you know sorceress uh they kill a maester with poison right and she drinks it and it's fine um then he kills his brother (laughs) and now he's and now he's going into into this battle and so i think we're sort of tainted i guess by the idea of knowing what happens um but yeah reading this for the first time you might be thinking Stannis is gonna get in here and murder everyone because yeah. he's not as good of a guy as we think he'll be. You know, it's sort of our perception of Stannis will change a little bit to where a lot of people really like him. I think, you know, you and I are, are on team Stannis um, later. But yeah, if you're, I mean, if you were reading this for the first time, I think, I think you'd, without having seen the show or anything, I think right now you'd be like, Stannis is like the real deal.
0: Well, <clears throat>
1: yeah, for sure. And that's the other
0: thing too, is, is there's, um... George puts put you in a spot where it's like, okay, I'm cool if Stannis wins, but also don't kill Tyrion, you know, or like and like let's let let's let Sansa out of there. He's got us leaning into that so much. We're like, okay, there's got to be a way where in which Tyrion makes it out, Sansa makes it, and but but yet um, Stannis wins, and that's not at all what happens. Stannis does not win, right? Um, Tyrion and Sansa are safe. He gives you two out of the three. The one that you thought you were going to get. Nope, you're not going to get that one, but you will get the other two. And that's sort of, I guess if you had those, those points where you have your favorites, you have your characters that you are following, that you're, that you like, that you enjoy, and you're leaning into good outcomes from them, be ready for like a two out of three uh, on, on those.
1: So, yeah, you know, the other thing, the other thing that's, that's really interesting is really all of our sort of main characters, all survive this battle mm-hmm. Davos survives it Sansa survives it Tyrion survives it even that the Hound Cersei and Joffrey sort of all survive it well really with the exception of Joffrey I think everybody comes out of this worse for wear than they were before none of them die but Davos is now you know because right his son you know like his son goes with him he dies um he's gonna sort of sort of challenge melisandre that turns into a um you know he's gonna get thrown in jail right he's gonna get sort of imprisoned there for a little bit sansa has her situation with the hound um and then she's gonna come out of this no longer betrothed to joffrey now she's betrothed to Tyrion. Tyrion comes out of this with his face you know cut um stannis comes out of this having lost i mean it's Nobody mm-hmm. really wins. Nobody really wins this. This here,
0: yeah. Th- then there's the theme, right? Is that sometimes in in war, really, who who does win? I mean, who who wins in these these great wars? It it seems like this power struggle goes on, and all right, we're about where 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 we left it before. Um, yeah, it's just it's just. I mean, I mean, really, I guess they do, right? I mean, the the they hold the city. Um, you know Tywin and everyone makes it down and, and we're we're good to go. But yeah, sometimes you look at it and you go, "What what the heck was the point of of all of this?" and, and did it matter? Um, I mean, I know there is a, a greater point. I mean, Joffrey is a freaking he's he's an air quote bastard, and Stannis is the rightful king. Okay, so we got it. We we got to get him in there. I, I don't know when you want to talk about this, but I wanted to bring this up real quick. Um, Surveillance Swan. Okay, mm-hmm. I want I want to bring up just a just a. Just a little bit on on him in this. So Tyrion, when he's charging into this battle, he um he's he's got Sir Moore on one side and he's got Sir Balin on the other. These are the King's Guard wearing white. And they're battle commanders, they're they're awesome, they're epic. He's with he's got Sir Moore keeps looking seeing him there, at one point he does turn thinking to find him there beside him and it is a different white knight. It's Sir Balin who wore the same armor but his horse uh, trappings bore the uh, battling black and white swans of his house. Now think about that. Battling black and white swans of his house. So this line right here, if you're looking for like theories and you're looking for things that could happen in the future, a battle between inside of house swan is something that that could happen just like we had the Fossaway bad apples right you've got the mm-hmm. the red and green apples and dif- picking different size uh sides right now surveillance Swan is fighting his brother is i think his name is donald donald swan is on the opposite side he first joined up with renly then he went over to stannis and and now Donald Swan is on the other side, and I forget who it is that he's ransomed to, uh, but he does yield. He yields, and later on, Jamie, this is to flash forward and make connections for everyone. When Jamie comes back to be um, commander of the Kingsguard, he asks uh, Sir Balin about this. And actually, even right now, before the battle, I think they're asking Sir Balin about about the, the, if he meets his brother on the field, what would he do type of thing. Mm-hmm so i thought it was kind of cool which is a little connection
1: yeah yeah absolutely and and i'm with you too the um both of these uh both both of these guys balan swan and and man and more right so i because that's sort of right where we're at now is is he's gonna he's gonna basically attack Tyrion? um this whole chapter though they every time they describe him that george makes it a point to sort of say the use the word white right like Think of white armor, spotless armor, like they're pure, they're Kingsguard. Um, and then ultimately, he's going to give it get betrayed by one, Sir Mandon, uh, more here. So, I so that's sort of kind of some interesting writing, too. To try to, that's what George does. This is he'll start leaning you in this idea of, oh, like Sir Mandon, more they, you know, he's. Tyrion looks at him and saying he's riding ahead, just like cut mowing through people. Uh, and you're thinking, okay, we've got this. And then, wow, out of nowhere, Tyrion is betrayed and attacked. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's th- this is where I kind of wondered about. Um, so later on, Tyrion um, in, in Tyrion's trial. I I bring up Sir Balin because he's out there on the battlefield. Did anyone else see this? Uh, were they? Was anyone else nearby to kind of witness this and and talk about it? Because uh, he wants to kind of keep it secret because he thinks his life is in danger later on, and he doesn't want whoever it is that was plotting to kill him. He doesn't want them to be informed that he's on to them and. Hopefully, that person who hired Sir Mandin Moore just thinks it didn't work and Sir Mandin was killed in the battlefield, killed in the line of duty, and, and that Tyrion is no more wiser about this plot against him. But I kind of thought, did someone else, like a Kingsguard member out there, see something that went down? And I say that because Sir Balin later on in the, uh, in Tyrion's trial, when he testifies, did he kill, whether he killed uh, Joffrey with the poisoning? Sir Balin's like one of the people who says, I doubt it. But he did strike the king. He did smack the king and hit him at one point. And um, Oberyn says, you know, he t- he's kind of scolds Surveillance. He said in the days of old, like, you would have taken someone's hand for that. You strike the king, your hand is gone. And he happens to be the king's hand at the time. So I thought that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, so I it's why I I thought about him a little bit more as we get to that point where um, Padrick, you know, Punches in there, right.
1: and does his thing. So an- another thing, um, this is uh, another area in which we talked about this in the last Tyrion, where a lot of fans have questioned the story, right? Because George tells it through a Pino V point of view. Um, and so Tyrion felt drunk, the battle fever. He had never thought to experience it himself, though Jamie had told him of it often enough. How time seemed to blur and slow and even stop. How the past and the future vanished until there was nothing but the instant. How fear fled and thought fled and even your body. You don't feel your wounds or the ache in your back or the weight of the armor. He goes on for a little bit. Um, but then immediately, immediately following him, talking about how he has the battle fever um, and he, you know, some of his thoughts... Might not even be his own. He says, um, They tried, let them kill me if they can. They tried. Another spearman ran at him. Tyrion lopped off the head of his spear, then his hand, then his arm, trotting around him in a circle. An archer, bowless, thrust uh, at him with an arrow, holding it as if it were a knight. The Destria kicked the man's thigh to send him sprawling, and Tyrion barked laughter. He rode past a banner painted in the mud, one of Sanus's fiery hearts, and chopped the staff in two with a swing of his axe. A knight rose up from nowhere to hack at his shield with a two-handed greatsword again and again until someone thrust a dagger under his arm. One of Tyrion's men, perhaps. Um, Right, then the guy's yielding and stuff like that. So uh it has been sort of theorized here that some of what Tyrion's saying in this battle, given the you know, fact that Tyrion uh one is an is, you know is an imp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is that you're talking here about he, he describes them as a knights, sort of trained knights and trained archers that he's mowing down right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Immediately following a line in which Tyrion is saying like the battle fever, you know, you can't tell whether it's, you know, you get these sort of tall tales. So some people have sort of questioned online and some like, you know, Song of Ice and Fire Wiki and Reddit and stuff exactly like if it's not Tyrion sort of boasting this to be a little bit more than it is given his probably lack of training uh, compared to other people. And, yeah. and it's so so yeah i mean you know it's always well how big was the fish you caught Ah, uh, you know well yeah uh, you know it's bigger, yeah. bigger 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 it's it's almost like it's almost
0: it's almost like you could see um anybody who's watched lord of the rings or has read uh lord of the rings you have gimli out there right just just wheeling this this you almost Tyrion makes himself out to, to seem like for a hot second there he was gimli and he was out right. there just slaying orcs and just going crazy and and really you know it's it's the child version of that, perhaps, and he's getting knocked around. And right. He has no idea.
1: I mean, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he didn't give he didn't him credit to these people, but a, a spearman, another spearman ran at him. He lopped the head off his spear, then his hand, then his arm, and then and then you know. I mean, that's 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 not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not. I but. mean, you would have to, a spear is coming at you, and you're yeah. gonna. You're gonna swing, hit the spear, take it off, and then cut off the guy's hand, and then cut off the guy's arm. Right, but you know, and how big are Tyrion's arms? How big is that axe? How much force does yeah. Tyrion have swinging that axe? I mean, there's you know,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, his, I just go ahead and say this, Matt. His his legs, <laughs> they cramp up all the time, just like my legs sometimes. Exactly. And I'm telling you right now exactly. that that stuff hurts. Okay. And you really can't do a whole lot with it, so I don't know if he, if that's true. But think about this: what if that knight is, is like hit and falling down, and he's like pretty much dead? He's got a sword in his back, maybe, and, and he, right. as he's coming down, Tyrion is just like hack, whack, hack, and he just yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I mean it's like the guy gets shot in the back, and then he's falling on you, and you stab him, and then it's kind of like okay, well, yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's just so it's just something it's just something to keep in mind because. George has said in interviews, especially when talking about brand, that you know, you need to sort of think about the narrator a little bit, that he's he's he, you know. And so this might be specifically a chapter in which we can sort of question yeah. a little bit and and that, you know, and that last one too. Like Tyrion describes his horse as a stallion, right? Is it a stallion or is it a pony? And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, so um, I know we we sometimes get harped on a little bit for for doing this, but I am I do appreciate that the show did what the show did with Podrick Payne and getting to mm-hmm. see this moment because I think it is really really cool. And you're right, it is sort of a dreamy coming back. Um, Pod saves him; he's his squire, but it's cool in the show how he's
1: right there. I mean, right? Is it? Is, oh yeah, it's like yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty, it's yeah, it's pretty pretty sick. Uh, in the sh- yeah, so they do it a little bit different. In the book, he sort of shoves him into the water. In the show, he stabs him in the back with like a spear and like mm-hmm. the guys in 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 his neck. So cool. Just you know, that's just another 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 sort of another sort of way to, way to do it. But um, no, yeah. So again, a, a sort of cool chapter. It's a short chapter. Well, we're into a, a handful of these sort of sh- short chapters. Sir and More tries to betray him. Uh, and then Podrick shoves him into the into the water. Although at this point we don't actually know it's Pod. We sort of think it is. It's a boy's vo- voice Um Tyrion thought it sounded almost like Pod. So technically it could be somebody else. Yeah, if yeah. you were reading this for the first time, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty much Podrick. Right. Hey, um before we go into like a Mance
0: Raider thing, I want so as you look up something, let me read to folks. What I think is a really good surveillance Swan theory, and let me just first pitch my my thoughts on this because this is always what happens. I think about a character, and as I go back and I read and I research on them, I think about their nature and what they might do in Winds of Winter and all that kind of stuff. So surveillance Swan is a character who he you didn't choose him as a member of the King's Guard to kill Tyrion, right? They didn't pick him; they picked Ser Mandon Moore for a reason. Um, and it goes back to Braun, it goes back to the connections to the Vale, Littlefinger, all that kind of stuff. But Sir, Sir, Sir Balin is portrayed as this honorable knight, and possibly, like, you know, his brother seemingly is a less honorable version of House Swan. You've got the black and the white uh, of that, you know, house. So he's doing really, um, re- really well. And as I said, he doesn't throw Tyrion under the bus during this whole... Uh, trial where Tyrion, we know it's it's a complete, just Cersei's sending folks in there to say whatever they want to say. He comes in, he's honorable. Uh, um, o- Oberyn Martell will see that in him. Jamie sees it in him. People see him as an honorable white knight, worthy of, of the cloak, and someone who kind of reminds Jamie, like when Jamie thinks about the Kingsguard of old, like Balin could fit in that. Balin kind of still is is that type of character. Now, later on in the series, Cersei sends Surveillance Swan back to retrieve Marcella, and this is we've talked about this Dark Star thing, Dark Star versus Surveillance Swan, and what may happen. So instead of reading the whole thing to you guys, I guess I'm just gonna kind of point out some of the talking points of this of this theory, and it's essentially that. He has been tasked to go down to Dorne and retrieve Marcella. Marcella has been attacked. Her ear has been cut. And she is has uh, been he's been killed, right? He's, he's been killed. And it, it all comes down to the Sand Snakes are trying to, to push her as the, as the new queen, to make a claim for her over Tommen when Joffrey is killed. Uh, Cersei— has sent Balin down on this mission, and she's sent him on a secret mission, not just to go check on Marcella or whatever, uh, but to actually bring her back. And it's more devious than that. According to Doran Martell, there's a plot to kill Trystane, and they're actually going to try to bring Marcella back. There's going to be an ambush. And I think it's Cersei's way of thinking, like, there needs to be something that she can say to Dorne Martell or to uh, to the Martells that, like, I can't keep my daughter down there. It's unsafe. People are getting ambushed. Your own son was ambushed by people yelling half-man, and they rush out and they kill people. surveillance not cool with this, Matt. He's not necessarily—I don't think he's entirely on board, but, like, uh, there's no one left, really. Uh, you've got— All the Lannisters being killed. He doesn't really have... He's got Cersei's there, and she's in charge telling him what to do. Like, he takes great pride in protecting Tommen and protecting the king. He says that he's sorry to Jaime about, like, not protecting Joffrey. He takes his duty seriously. So he's now been given orders that put him in a position of dishonor. The Queen Regent is, is having him go down there and do something dishonorable. So... He's going to, like, what's he going to do? The big question is, what is Sir Bailin Swan going to do? He's also, I think, from Dorn. I think, you you can look this up for me. I, I think how Swan is from that region. So I think Doran probably wants to cut him a little bit of slack, maybe, and maybe give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, he does not want to, he suggests that they return Marcella uh, by sea, and Balin refuses to do that saying it's too dangerous and he wants to take her by road so that tips off doran to almost say yeah uh he's in on some plot there's something there's something wrong here i wouldn't be surprised sir matt if sir Balin on the side had informed uh Dorn that there's something dishonorable happening you know what i mean And that and that um because he goes to fight Darkstar on, like, it's, it's the honorable thing to do. You attack the royal family. You attack Princess Marcella. They're leading him to Gerald Dane for a fight. And I right. just kind of—so the big theory on this, the, this uh, just to get to the too-long-didn't-read uh, section of this, is that Sir Balan Swan is an honorable man, and he will defect to Aegon, young Griff, instead of going through with his orders to kill Trystane. And I thought that was interesting because I was just like, okay, may, like he's being led down to this duel in this battle. He it he may figure out that he's been played uh, by Cersei, and that may really upset him. And it may be something that he seems um, is dishonorable. And we always talk about like who would be in Young Griff's Kingsguard and who would be someone who would switch over sides. People have talked about Gerald Dane being the Dark Star being in his Kingsguard. Well, not if he's dead. Not if Balon Swan kills him, and right. he's there to kind of shift over. So I thought that was cool. It was just like a connection to this chapter and White Cloaks and and that character.
1: Yeah, and so they are um, House Swan is from Stonehelm, uh, which is technically in the Stormlands, but okay. I'm tr- I'm trying to very quickly pull up. There's a very there's a map I really 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 like. It's that one um you guys should look you guys should absolutely try to find this map too if you can ever if you can never uh get your hands on it it's the one that somebody did that's like it's like a super big file um and it's that one where it's like it look almost looks like an old like uh i don't know but it's got all of the houses on it oh okay um yes. you, you, i think you'd know it. you'll notice it but it's like almost like cartoony like storybook drawn mm-hmm. it's like a hand-drawn entire thing of Westeros map and it's an enormous it's like a 4k file but anyway this is the one exactly that I was looking for here so um Stonehelm is the Stormlands right sort of curves around and it's in the Sea of Dorne like it touches the Sea of Dorne so it's not it's technically in the Stormlands but it's like it's right there in in re- in, in, in in the Sea of Dorne so it's uh, yeah it's 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 it actually the Dornish Marches come up passed it into the stormlands technically
0: yeah so um okay that's a really good point so here's something interesting so his father um lord swan owes his fealty to storms in yet has kept his levies at home throughout the war of the five kings his men are fresh trained uh, and ready whereas many other houses have been depleted likely this is justified by the Two Dornish armies in the bone way and the Prince's Pass. Mm-hmm. So he's really close to that, right? Uh but the Swan's yep. levies could be raised if those armies marched out on behalf of Aegon. Uh Sir Balin, meanwhile, yeah. Okay, cool. So let's see. Oh
1: my gosh. He may yeah, be so the, Yeah. So the, it, yeah, r- yeah, so he's actually Stonehelm is like next door to Blackhaven which is um your favorite character uh, uh, God uh, Darian barraton Darian yes yep. house and mm-hmm. Darian yep yeah so he's actually
0: um his father's you know like, like he's there like he may be put in a situation where it's like uh, a position between family and he's already been opposed and on the opposite side of fighting his brother and now if that boneway army were to Join up with House Swan if House Swan sends a fresh set of you know levies and and men and and, and to this Dornish army that is right there in the Bone Way that Aegon may be leading. Like according to the Ariana chapters, it's he's already meeting Mance Tyrell uh, or Mace Tyrell, excuse me, um, on the field. So maybe there is a situation where Balon joins up with that group and says it's time to switch over. This Redditor goes on to kind of say there have been Kingsguard who have switched sides. And, I mean, one of the most honorable is Sir Barristan Selma. He's been kicked out of the Kingsguard, right? now he's joined up with Daenerys. And, you know, if you put a Kingsguard member in that position, Balin may think, like, I have been duped a little bit. And, and I've it's not his fault, but he's been put in a, a situation where he's asked to do something super dishonorable uh, and wrong. And he's not the type of guy who would do that. Uh, I think it's John Connington is telling young Griff, when he's thinking about Duck, to be his, his, in his Kingsguard. He's sort of like, ah, I mean, that guy's not the type of guy we need in our Kingsguard. And there's allusions and references to someone like Sir Balan Swan. Um, what he calls a good Kingsguard member is someone who's true and solid. And Sir Balan is often described as that. So, yeah, just kind of mm. kind of cool, you know? I mean, just, just an interesting... Absolutely. Uh, thought on on surveillance one
1: yes absolutely okay as well um let's move into i guess it was just a raven saying hey will you guys do something on Mance?" and so yeah you know actually i can't remember if we briefly talked about this i can't remember if it was on the last episode we did or if it was just you and i talking outside of this but um we'll talk a little bit about one of the most common theories surrounding Mance Raider, which is the Mance Raider is possibly Rhaegar Targaryen theory. Um, and there's tons of evidence to support this. We've been over this quite a lot. Mance is, gets glamored, which would tie in to uh, uh, Rhaegar, who dies at the Ruby Ford. He has rubies, right? It's, this, it's pretty common. We've discussed it before. But one of the things we have not discussed um, that could sort of really challenge that theory buck against it a bit or blow it wide open uh into like super tinfoil land that we really need to discuss and and think about um is the fact that let's for sake of argument let's assume that mance raider is 100% Rhaegar targaryen hiding the whole deal is -hmm. Rhaegar targaryen um, you know, that would make him sort of John's trainer, also secretly his dad. You can have other white, you know, other Kingsguard members up there with um, uh, Torment, right? Could be, Os- you know, Oswald Went or, or, you know, whatever. However, you want to go the other way. Well, if you do go down that route, then you sort of have to look at something because uh, Mance Raider gets, has a wife, Dalla, and they have a son. Aemon Steelstrong, <laughs> right? There's like a baby swap and all this stuff. And this is something that a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about that whole Mance is Rhaegar theory. Well, for that theory to sort of work, that means that this could be a head of the dragon. This is a another Targaryen bastard son or is a legitimate Targaryen. If Dala is his is called his wife. Whether it's a sort of wildling wife, you know, or whatever. I mean, by the wildling customs, they'd be married and all the stuff. So that would make him a legitimate Targaryen in a way, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. So,
0: and it, like you said, if you take it at, let's say that truly is Rhaegar and there's no question about it or whatever, then yeah, then he has um, a, a claim to the throne and he has children, right? And you have this whole. Because that's the whole pitch for young Griff. Young Griff is his, is supposed to be his child, I and mean, people call him Fagon, whatever you know. It's, he's he's freaking Aegon, man. He's he's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's coming back, and it's it's through his father Rhaegar that he's going to be able to claim the throne. So, Aemon Steel's song would be able to make a, a similar claim later on, I guess, in life. He's would be a little, like a little two year old baby right now, but it is kind of a a, a wild thing to to think about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, for that to happen though, uh, you know, I mean, th- think about some of the things, right? Uh, we thought with the show as that the baby Craster's baby, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, that was like a big deal, right? It is, is we saw the Night King in the show, right? In the wildlings turning these babies and stuff like that. Well, he didn't get one. And one of the big theories we had, like a lot of people consistently had going into season eight, was there's something going on with this baby. Mm-hmm. Right, like that. He wanted he wanted this baby. He wanted to turn it and all of this stuff. Now, in the books, there's a baby swap, and that in itself is something that is we don't really talk about a lot. It's not something that gets brought up a lot in the Reddit and stuff like that. But even outside of the Mansus radar, uh, Rhaegar sort of theory, that's kind of an important thing that they, they did this the swap of this of this baby, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen there. And then, if you proceed to go down the Mance is Rhaegar thing, Sam could have the son of Rhaegar Targaryen, um, and could learn that Jon might actually be his brother. This baby's brother. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things you can do with this. Yeah, this they is, name this him is... after a Targaryen, Aemon Steelstrom. I mean, I
0: know, I know, a it's... lot there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is. So the the crazy thing is, and you're right, the baby swamp is a big deal. That's a big indication that there's something, uh, there's a connection to this and everything that happened with with uh, young Griff and and um, Elia's children and basically Lyanna and Rhaegar. Right, the whole it's all kind of a mystery. A lot of people think, and I was just reading uh, someone on Reddit. One of their comments was uh, the idea that you would do something like this. You make parallels between Mance and Rhaegar and then you show the baby swapping to help us like, to, to ease the reader into accepting young Griff. So those people who believe in Fagon and believe that he's fake and he's false or whatever, like you start to think maybe it's real. Maybe he really is. Like Varys did do something and we start to believe in this secrecy plot because, well, look, Jon Snow did it. I mean, he snuck a baby out, like right underneath Melisandre and Stannis. Like this, this happens. So you almost do that to to lull the reader into thinking and looking for things like that. So it could be kind of a yeah, it's just it's it's a false trail, or it's or it's real, or it's or it's legit. And there's there's actually, you know, uh, Mance is really R- Rhaegar, and and he was he was able above all things. He was. Rhaegar was considered to be able, my friend, as right. in, like, yes. you know, Bale, able, the whole situation. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And so, it, and it's just interesting to think, too. If, you, I mean, if we do go down that route, and he is, if you now see, if you don't go down that route, then I think there's still something about these kids that there's these two boys, these two, these two ch- ch- uh, babies that were swapped. And what's going to be the important? Now, remember, it could be, well, because Rhaegar's, child has king's blood because he's the king beyond the wall mm-hmm. or excuse me Mance. Mance's Mance. child has yes. king's yeah. blood mm-hmm. because he's king on the wall could definitely also be if he's Rhaegar. yeah if you want to get serious technical about things <laughs> um <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> well technically, um so it's just it's it's not something people talk about on the reddit and stuff and so it's just like well i mean what do we think what do we think is ultimately ultimately gonna happen with these with these kids, are they going to get swapped back at some point? Is Gilly going to get her, her actual child back? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mance might be dead. Technically he could be dead. I mean, the pink letter says he's dead. I don't think right. so, but yeah, yeah, it could be. So where do we go from there?
0: Right. Yeah, I know that's, that's the big, you always say it. I say it. Uh That's why winds of winter take so long because there's so many diff, different threads and plots and, and, and things to kind of unravel and to get to. But uh, yeah, where do you get... See the, see, the other thing, too, is with the babies, it's sort of like, how significant can they be? Because this story is is ultimately around, like, adults and children. I mean, I just don't know that, like, in the end of this... I mean, I could still see in the end of this, like, someone, a, a child comes out and there's this child-to-be with another regent where, you know, Tyrion or Bran or someone is, you know, a regent of some kind or a king or Jon Snow's watching over an infant baby his baby brother yeah
1: who freaking knows i mean like if like if if rick and if rick and dies maybe the same way we see it and then bran also dies and then it's like well john has the john we still go down some route in which john ends up like you know living beyond the wall maybe now with his actual brother or something i mean i don't know
0: yeah it's just so weird because like like <laughs> it's like well, i don't know yeah you'd almost rather not have the show like like endpoints in your mind because they could be and people believe this they believe they're very far off very they're different. very very different and they can start to delude things which is why we need winds of winter so bad to see which direction you know george is taking right. this which way the threads are going and if they look like they're going way different than the show well, then, now that adds to our speculation and our theorizing, and it's it's cool.
1: But right this now, this is why it's taking so long because there's characters like this. Oh yeah, I mean, and you, you have to, and you have to, you have to have a plan because it's like, well, where are we even going? I mean, does he have a plan?
0: D- 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 I don't like, know. D- I I think I think I have read multiple times. George just basically says like, it grows on me. Like the reading, the writing, the whole the characters evolve and they grow, which is cool. But like. His story is growing. There are vines upon vines upon. You can't even see. Right. I. It's
1: just so far. I, Especially, yeah. And a character like Aemon Steelstrong, because in order, like in order for Aemon Steelstrong to be sort of important, right? Mm-hmm. He one needs to be a lot older, or two needs to like be the son of Rhaegar Targaryen, and if that happens. Yeah, why does he matter? Already, you already have had to have so much other stuff.
0: Why does right? he matter? Is he just some tool for negotiating? Is he just is and that's what I George mean, unless, does.
1: Yeah. Unless you unless you go down this route of I mean, as a scenario I can see is Regar, Mance is Rhaegar. Young Griff is not. Young Griff, because I, I I still am sort of a believer of what we saw with um in the show of jorah mormont getting cured by sam at the citadel i think that's going to happen to
0: john John connington Um, yeah
1: well maybe maybe young griff does die or something and then hey this is we find out that Mance is is rhaegar and this is his actual son and john connington we don't know and and then we don't know that john is until later or maybe n plus a equals j and then you go down then you have that double whammy and then <laughs> it's none of it makes sense and i don't know but <laughs> daenerys wins
0: I We mean. we've wove ourselves into our own web and we don't even know how we got here uh, this right. is this is crazy that's wild yeah i can't even comprehend all that right now um, there's no
1: way he's finishing in two bucks. No, no
0: way. freaking way. <laughs> <laughs> there's no. Remember way. when we started this podcast and I said I that, know I was like
1: uh there's just no freaking way. God. There's just there's there's too much, especially with his writing style so Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, that is uh it for us this week as everything else before we close up shop here. Uh no,
0: yeah, I would just say folks keep checking in for the video version. I'm going to be setting up a shop over here in a different I'm same I'm still in Germany, but I'll be moving uh locations and you know you just kind of keep track of where i'm at i'm in uh being a new spot and stuff like that so yeah i'm having fun over here i hope you guys are having a good time and the summer's going well for everybody we'll be back next week um kind of getting used to matt and i are still getting used to some of the the i don't have all my equipment times with me right too so you know i'm i have right. a sock my
1: hand time zone differences it's 10 it's 10 p.m my time which is like two hours past my bedtime yeah exactly but, uh, yeah yeah but and then sunday which is your monday and, it's a, Ooh, it's a and then
0: hey and then we'll figure out um a nice like a friday or saturday guys we'll throw a bannerman hangout and i'll do it from the freaking balcony out here european style baby okay i'll bring my german What's, beer what and what Well, t-
1: we've had people from Australia, we've had people from Canada, we've had people from Ireland, the United, King- United Kingdom, and Ireland.
0: By the um, way, Lady Becky, is that, would Ireland be European style, technically? It's part of Europe. It's so, part of Europe, right? Technically, <laughs> like, a little bit of Russia is like part she's of She's going to be like, how dare, what? She's like, have I got, yeah, exactly, it is, yeah. At least, she's like, how have I not gotten through to these guys?
1: Sorry. I don't. You know, I don't know. It's my first time over here absolutely so all right guys hey well with that guys um yeah nothing else so anyway we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones in our next episode we will be discussing chapter 62 sansa 7 of a clash of kings
0: if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review leave a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com
1: we will see you in a week and remember that winter